Well, thank you everybody for joining us. I would like to introduce Luann Neal, uh, an artist out in BC, and she's going to share a story with us on a, a particular protocol that when we're looking at our Indigenous protocol handbook that we're doing, how this sample is one of uh, a best practices in being able to have artists and community move forward. And welcome, Luann. Thank you. Uh, yeah, the example I really would love to share today, it actually come, goes back to the 1940s with my grandmother. Her name was Ellen Akasolas Neal, and uh, she's from the Newman family at Alert Bay and Fort Rupert. And she was uh, one of the few women carvers of her era. She lived in Vancouver, and the UBC Thunderbirds uh, in the mid-1940s uh, de- declared the name Thunderbirds for their varsity teams. And my grandmother was really worried about that because not, not a lot of Indigenous communities were happy about that. So what she did was she approached UBC and offered to make their name official and proper, as she says, quote unquote, in the Indian way. And so what she did was working together with her uncle, Chief Bill Scow, and the, um, uh, what was then the Native Brotherhood um, organization, uh, had a uh, log brought down from our territory, um, spoke with the Musqueam people. Uh, so the first layer of protocol was because she was in someone else's territory, she went to their chiefs and their elders and asked permission to put a totem pole on their territory, and they gave their permission. So she made this poll and she gifted it to UBC so that they could legitimately have the name Thunderbirds on their varsity teams. And this totem pole with the Thunderbird on the top um, would sit on the campus as a reminder to everybody that uh, the protocols of uh, putting a name on somebody had been done properly, placing a pole in someone else's territory had been done properly, and that the ceremony to bring all of those things together uh, it actually took place during the halftime game at the um, homecoming game of the uh, UBC Thunderbird football team. Uh, all were present, the Musqueam people, UBC, my grandmother, and our family. And so I think it's one of the best examples, not only of protocols, traditional protocols from nation to nation being carried out, but from an institution to a family uh, and a family that's representing uh, the Kwakwakiwak in this instance. So that, uh, I think, was really important. And the relationship continued uh, in about 2002. The poll had decayed so severely, the original poll, that it had to be taken down. And our family, um, working with our uncle, Chief Edwin Newman, made sure that the poll was replicated. And the uh, Calvin Hunt and Mervyn Child helped to replicate the poll. And we rededicated the poll following all the same protocols that took place in 1948. So long history of protocols and respect and consultation with one another. And as a result of those two instances, our family and the folks at UBC have maintained a really strong relationship when it comes to anything involving the Thunderbirds. So how was it to uh, come from alert to the interior and know what those protocols were and asking about permission to be able to install a totem pole in their territory? 
Those sure. are long-standing protocols. Those are those are long-standing protocols amongst all of our nations in BC. Uh, First Nations people and and all of the historic uh, trade routes we had and uh, community ties we had, allies that we had from different nations. Those were all very much in place long before um, visitors arrived on our shores. So what my grandmother was doing was actually customs that we'd already been doing for a millennia anyway. So it was very um, appropriate for her to carry out all of that the way she did and with the support of not only her uncle and someone from our potlatch system, but also a representative of a modern organization, the Native Brotherhood. That would be really exciting. And and so those are all shared stories orally. There's not a written history. So they would know uh, within that community what that oral I guess, permission process would be, they would know what to bring. Well, it's actually, it's a really interesting kind of, I I think even misnomer is kind of not the right word, but it's a misnomer that, that these things weren't written down. They are actually Mm. uh, written into the artwork itself, the art uh, and what it represents. You have to understand the the symbolism and uh, what different things represent which is part and parcel of this this larger discussion and what I mentioned in our previous talk around um, cultural and intellectual property rights. Cultural rights uh, include the arts and everything they mean and all of the uh, connections they have to individuals, families, and the whole nation. So it's, it is. It's very complex, but we did have a writing system. It's, it's seen uh, in everything from our baskets to our totem poles to our big houses, the, the figures painted on the front of those big houses, uh, rather than a sign above the door, it covers the whole house front to say, this is the house of Newleys or whomever the chief is. That sounds wonderful. And so when the totem pole had deteriorated, how was that process in determining who would be able to carve a new one, how that process worked um, to be able to replicate some a piece of art that was already done by a different artist, because that would be a different protocol process. Yeah, and actually that's where I think we, um, we had a very fine line between protocol and process. Uh, on the protocol side, in, a, in our, our traditions, um, Various, various uh, for different particular skills. Calvin uh, is very well known for his ability to do exact replica work. Uh, he's done many of these over the years with different museum institution, galleries, and for families. Um, on the process side, what we were required to do, because we were working within the institutional framework of the university, was to go through a bidding process. And uh, so... Ultimately, it really, first and foremost, had to go through a bidding process, but of course we encouraged um, Calvin to, uh, and shared the, the posting with him so that he could consider that. Um, and then different family members were thinking about being involved as well. Uh, what it really came down to in the end was the practical, the time of year it needed to be done and the short time frame that it had to be created in order for our ultimate goal, which was we wanted to be able to dedicate that uh, new replicated pole around the same time as it had been uh, rededicated in uh, 1948. So we were aiming for October. 
that. So all those variables came together and on the protocol side, um, you know, it was uh, most important that the uh, repeat of the 1948 ceremony, that was the most important part. Did you also bring another pull down from Alert? Alert Bay? Yeah, like the actual Did pole to carve. Oh, another log. Uh, yeah, actually, yes, it came from our territory. It didn't come directly mm-hmm. from Alert Bay. Well, and I think that's a really good example of communities that have uh, protocols and have continued to use those protocols in place. It's a really good example. I think there are quite a few good examples, and it'd be nice to share some of those then rather than always saying that wasn't done right let's let's start sharing how it is done right mhm all right well thank you so much luann thank you